Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to you wherever you are and welcome to the 4Play podcast episode number 48. My name is David and I will be joined as usual by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers Alan, Darren and Mark. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme for each one and this week we are choosing four albums from 1999. In case you are wondering about hearing the songs that we discuss, unfortunately we cannot include them in the podcast but we will include a link for a Spotify playlist in the show notes and also on our Facebook group for Play Music. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or good morning, wherever you may be. Welcome to um, the podcast, Foreplay, episode 48 of 350. <laughs> You make it sound like a life sentence. Or... Yeah. That's because it is. Yeah. And tonight it's your host for the, well, I wouldn't say the most, uh, probably the least. Uh, it's the nicey part of Smashy and Nicey. Smashy being my uh, erstwhile colleague, Mr. Alan Jones. Episode 48, that's my age. Frightening, isn't it? So here's hoping we all live till episode 350. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, tonight's um, all about the greatest albums, I take it as albums, of 1999. What a year that was. The year that we had um, Prince singing about it. Uh, Y2K was a bit of an issue. We all thought we were going to die. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, and I was in between jobs, uh, doing my degree and uh, sitting to do my master's. Wow. At the time, what about you guys? What about Alan first, as he takes a slug of beer? I just thought I'd ask him first. All right, Smashy, how's it going? I'm all right, Mark. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember that far back. I know there was quite a bit of this. Yeah, the year 2000, and uh, everybody planning for everything to stop working. Uh, one minute, one second past midnight on the first of January 2000. But I think we just, it just was a damp squid, wasn't it? A damp, damp, damper squid since squid work started getting dampened. And, uh, and there, Alan. I think we moved on. We've moved on since then. And do you, yeah. remember where, do you remember where you spent uh, Hogmanay in 1999? I'll tell you where mine was. It was in a little place called Langham on the borders of Scotland. And I was standing beside none other than the great Gregor Fisher. Of Rab C. Nesbitt fame. See you. And I, he was the first, let alone my father in law, mother in law, and, and, and my then wife, to, to wish Happy New Year was Rab C. himself. Wow. Yeah, right. And I, I, I wished him a, a Happy New Year, uh, Jamesy style. So hopefully, people who have watched it will get that. I will tell you, by the way, I was down in Shepherd. Moving yeah. on swiftly. <laughs> and funnily enough, I walked I walked past that same area just the other the other day because I was there yesterday. In fact, yeah, shipping. Good man. And uh, Daz, how are you this evening? Evening all. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, just on the um on the recovery from that pesky COVID spell. It got me. It got me a week and a half, two weeks ago, something like that. But yeah, uh, just a bit tired, but all good. And I think 
my Hogmanay, if you like, in 1999 probably would have just been spent at home. I think New Year's Eve's not one of my favourite nights, to be fair. So yeah, um, used to go out when I was younger, but these days I'm quite happy just to um, relax at home. I think. What What you didn't tell us was there were uh, several dwarfs serving you up cocaine and yeah, yeah. Uh, Swedish Damn. nymphs. Yeah. Rolling about the house at the time as well. I mean, that's not just, just me quite... in this house, Mark. That's all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you have such never as, been. Such as like, you have never been to Bobby Tracy. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such as life down in the southwest. Yeah, it's no Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no dwarfs up here. Anyway, anyway. Uh, last but not least, they're all in bins. <laughs> last. They're all in bins. <laughs> Thirty-two or something. I think. <laughs> oh dear, that's going to get out eventually, and I'm going to get jailed yeah. for it. Yeah. And last but not least, our former host, but he seems to have, he seems to be in semi-retirement now. Yeah. Um, I hope not, because he's the only <laughs> man who can handle this um, debacle uh, of an evening. Mr. David Turner, how are you? Good I'm, sir. I'm doing very good, thank you very much, Mark. Yep. Yeah, uh, good here. I do remember 1999, the Y2K project, there was a lot of effort. Um, I think the fact it ended up being a damp squib from a technology not failing issue was down to all of the hard work that was put in by so many people to make sure it didn't go wrong. So, yeah, and Alan, you must have been working on a project, well, I know I was, with my, uh, with my no, office. I, I was... I've got a feeling I was working in... As a waitress on like, a cocktail bar. Before, because that is, that's before Royal Bank of Scotland, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was, I yeah. Think, was... So I think I was working at the time in London, North and East region. Oh, right. Um, but I distinctly remember, you know, a little booklet coming out about right. this Y2K and everything. Blah, blah. The, the bank must have spent... Just like every other business on earth, yeah. or serious business on earth, millions and millions and millions and and, and, yeah. and, and of, of 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 cash on it, and uh, I suppose it kept people in jobs for quite a while. It did indeed. That's good. Uh, yeah, Mark, so that was good, and we spent it as we do every every New Year um, down here. We Christmas is a family affair for everyone. But then we've got five families who always come together for uh, New Year's Eve. So that's what we did that time. Um, very good. Can't remember what theme. We always have a theme. Can't even remember what it was now, but I'm sure it was a good one. Goes Excellent. Back away. Excellent, David. It might be the, the following one. year you went. Yeah. Actually, it might be the one where we did. We actually, I think we might have done a Arabian Nights. And we, in our house back then, we managed to put up a, like a, uh, an Arabian tent and we were all eating Arabian food and we had a big theme um, with, with our good friends. Wonderful evening. Nymphs and dwarves to me. Very much. What he didn't tell us was the following year he went over to Darren's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with, some, with some Turkish delight. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, we've just wasted about 10 minutes, I'd say. So I'm, I'm really sticking to the schedule. Yeah. Um, so uh, albums, not songs of um, 1999. I'm going to kick off with uh, David for a wee change. Good stuff. David, what's your first album to go into the, the uh, vault? 
my my one's an easy one. It's White Stripes by the White Stripes. Okay, nice. Real banger. So, uh, Mr. and Mrs. White. Some people seem to think they were brother and sister, but no, they were husband and wife, Jack and Meg. Uh, They delivered a blues rock album after some 10 years of grunge and punk dominating the American music scene. Um, And not only did they deliver a blues rock album, but they succeeded in creating something new, but were still rooted in rock. Um, the, The album included covers of legends like Robert Johnson and Bob Dylan, there was a traditional uh, sort of bluesy song, St. James's Infirmary Blues that was on there. And they came up with this formula, which we've seen replicated, and I'll, I'll reference it in a minute. Um, it's pretty simple, their formula. You have a guitar, you have some drums, you have vocal. Sometimes you throw in some uh, some piano, and that's it. That's a sort of two-person band and generate a huge amount of noise, uh, incredibly so. And uh, you know, we will all have seen... Jack White and what he has been producing since then, um, not just with the White Stripes, but with other ventures. Um, the, the album itself has got tracks on there. The, the Stop Breaking Down, which was the homage to uh, Robert Johnson, which had previously been covered by Rolling Stones. There's uh, Dylan's One More Cup of Tea. Um, but they also had some of their own original material, like I Fought Piranhas, The Big Three Killed My Baby. Um, so what they proved was they managed to create their own songs, not just mimic others. And when you look back, you can see other bands that have not aped them, but um, you know they, a similar kind of style, um, most notably the Black Keys. And if anyone thought about the White Stripes and the Black Keys, sort of piano keyboards, um, the similarity there. Um, I think of others like Royal Blood. There, there's lots around. Um, Amazing album. I mean, it fills a room. You put that music on and you can't get away from it. It, it completely fills a room. Fairly intense. You, I wouldn't want to listen to more than one album in a go in, in, in one time. But um, that is my first album to go into the vault. Lance, what do you think of that one? Yeah, good album. Can't argue with that. Uh, don't think I own it, actually, which is quite weird, but... I always find it weird. How did they not use to promote themselves as siblings? I, they I, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. get a shock value. Yeah, yeah. I've always found. Yeah, I always found that. Oh, I guess they've still got that kind of aura of mystery around them because of that, haven't they? But and it was Meg was a drummer, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Was she. She was. Well. She was quite. She, uh, she was quite tidy. Yeah. Went on to the kills. I think afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. What do you think of that one? Good rock. What do you think of that one? I haven't got any white stripes at all. You are kidding me. (laughs) You are kidding me, honestly. We found a hole in Alan's collection, finally. Um, I think think the only one I really know is the something Nation Army. Seven Seven Nation Nation Army. Yeah. That one. I think I found them a bit samey. Okay. Uh, so I think that's and, and I and think when I when I listen to subsequent snippets from later albums, I thought, yeah, they do sound a bit samey. And I think yeah. it was just like I, did, I didn't find in there was no melody in it for me. Perhaps I'm a, I don't know. And mind you, I did find you know that one catchy. That one I've just said. 
yeah. to the army and um but yeah just somehow it just passed me by i, I know they get a lot of rave reviews and you know jack white as well uh you know um revered in in the in the, in the music world and you know he's now opened his own shops music shops and number of cities um but yeah uh, I, I suppose i need to i suppose i need to go back to that and start at the beginning and see if i can uh, get into it again what track would you recommend off that one then dave i'll start with something like i fall piranhas but um look it's it's an individual style uh, I, I don't like everything that jack white gets involved in um and it is it's kind of a it's a variation on blues, so yeah, I think you need to enjoy the blues as well going into it, which I know isn't everyone's cup of tea. Um, yeah. And we don't have to like everything either, so that, that's not a, yeah. that's not a problem. I, I I enjoyed this album, and I particularly like uh, St James's Infirmary Blues. Uh, it's a great, I think it's a great track, and I they released it. Susie Lee was another one. Yeah. Uh, rather enjoy this album. For me. Uh, I'd say my favourite White Stripes album would be Elephant. That's gonna, yeah, yeah, I'd go along with you. Yeah, but uh, this this one, nineteen ninety nine, I didn't realise it until we you know yeah. we start delving into the top one hundred or top two hundred albums. You're like, oh, was that that year? Because you often associate the nineties with uh, largely insipid stuff. You know, the turn of the, the millennium. Yeah, and then you realise your, your your memory has played like tricks on you yeah and and then you have the early 2000s you have beyonce featuring yeah david turner featuring dance par yeah. you should have heard the b-side of that one <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to <laughs> so great choice um that, that's good into uh that's good into the vault and which one would you i i thought piranhas would be on the on the song list um yeah, I'd rather put one of their own ones rather than a cover, so I'll stick that one in there. Yeah, they had Bob Dylan covers in there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But um, one at least. One, uh, yeah, um, was it something cup of tea? Very uh, mellow. One more cup of coffee. One more cup, of, one more cup of coffee, yeah. yeah. I went very English version of it. One more <laughs> cup of Ira Grey, please. Yeah. Being from the Southwest. <coughs> nice, thank you very much. Darj what a Darjeeling. Nice uh, one, David. You know, Bounds. Have an opportunity, you know, the, the first that's their new album, that was their first album, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah, they they care to not fill it up with all their own music, they'll put a that's a quite a, that's quite standard if you go with most bands, you, yeah, you know, absolutely. Deep Purple, or, or I could come with a whole list. You hear the first Deep Purple album, um, yep. loads of bands are. Do, do covers did a lot of that, didn't they? Yeah. Stones, the Stones did a shitload of that, and yeah. then um, Led Zeppelin. Even though their their first album was truly original, uh, they they were inspired heavily by by the blues. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, 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 great choice. With a bit of tongue in cheek. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll come back to that when I when my my first choice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, and that nicely segues into uh, lots of tongue wagging in cheek. Alan, what's your first choice? Uh, oh, it is me. Uh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, okay. So my first choice is a band that 
they, 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 they kind of, um, they kind of fell out with do with doing music towards the end of the nineties, really. Uh, sorry, towards the end of the eighties, and uh, they had a bit of a hiatus uh, until until uh, this in nineteen ninety nine February, and it was. Um, it was great for for all the fans who you know been with them you know right from the beginning. And the fact that they referenced on their their first album, which came out in nineteen seventy seven, uh, that they 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 had a track on there called um, "All Along the Watchtower," and uh, you know so yeah. <laughs> you know the white pride. Uh But yeah, but this band um, they they kind of I think fallen out with the record label. And that was the reason for the hiatus. They kind of fell out a little bit together uh, as a band, and then and then they decided a couple of them, okay, yeah, well, well we will go back onto it. And um, they went to a different record label, um, and the band. Um, I'll be very surprised if you'll have heard of the band, but I'll be very surprised if, uh, apart from maybe Dave, who will know the the band XTC. And the album was called, excuse me, uh, Apple Venus, uh, Volume One. Um, and it's got a lovely cover, lovely smoking cover there of a peacock cover. But it, the, um, say, there was no, there were, there were a few singles on, a few singles on it, but none of them really did very well. And in those, Back in '99, um, it was really CD singles. Um, but there's some interesting um, arrangements on this, and uh, done by uh, a guy called Mac Mike Mike Bat of the Wombles fame. Oh, that's uh, twice lovely, lovely yeah. orchestral arrangement. But the band, the mainstay, is Andy Partridge and um, and uh, Colin Mulgan, and. Uh, uh, Colin, uh, sorry, Andy Partridge stopped performing on stage in about 1984. He got stage fright, so they didn't. They've never, they've never really performed uh, anywhere live much after that, apart from a few radio sessions. But it was a great comeback because um, they've got fantastic um, following, um, and it's a, it's a it's a quirky type of type of music is it's I think reference before they're they're a bit like um, it's a bit how put it um it's a bit like the music sounds as something in places like uh green sleeves you know for example you know a medieval type stuff mm. and uh, there's quite a bit on here which is reference to that they've got knights in shining karma uh, there's a great track, track called um, Easter Theatre, which is all about new life. That's a really playful, great, great playful song there. Uh, there's quite a bit of, there's a bit of joking about and taking the mickey. Uh, yeah. One of the tracks is called uh, Let's Get Frivolous Tonight. They're really quite <laughs> amusing, catchy tracks. Um, but um, yeah. I find this you you can't just play you know plonk it plonk it on at say side four sorry track four 
or track three, you have to start at the beginning because it's one of those that really builds and you can steer them moving into from one track to the other. So, um, uh, so it, it, as soon as I looked at the, you know, started going through the list of albums in 1999, it's immediately threw out to me and um, uh, I'm still really wait, waiting for uh, volume two to come out. <laughs> so they, 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 they did bring out a kind of almost a follow-up. Um, it's called Watch Wasp Star, uh, but yeah. they never built it, never built volume two. Uh, but yeah, some great tracks. So uh, Mark, the track I'd like you to to play is the last track on the album. <coughs> Sorry, Dave, if you're making notes. Uh, the Last Balloon, which is quite a slow song um, about, it's, a, it's about, it's about dying. Uh, it's about, you know, you, you know, the last balloon's leaving, come on board, come on board, and slowly the balloon takes off, and, and then the fugal, loads of fugal horns are played. It's, um, it's, some, it's great. It's, it's some very orchestral uh, kind of album. I would think it would be very difficult to replicate live, but it's a great album, a great listen to. So there it is. Choice <coughs> XTC album. Wow. Okay. Venus Volume One. I, lo I love the album cover. Um, reminds me of our landing back in Uri. My mum had a vase. With peacock feathers and peacock feathers indoors are incredibly unlucky. There you go. Just like when I was listening to Jeremy Vine, and uh, one of the topics was, is it good for men to urinate in the garden to keep foxes away? I couldn't believe it. I thought it was urban myth, and I've been doing it for the last three years. And, and does it work? Mainly because I'm mainly because yeah. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, does it work? No, no, it doesn't. Because I was really awakened the other week by two slightly older than fox cubs, um, merrily playing on the lawn, which was lovely actually, because they weren't making a noise at all. I just heard them on the deck, and nice. I looked out, and there they were on their hind legs, kicking about with each other. Wonderful sight. Sounds like a John Lewis advert. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. With Mark well, in the corner. With Mark in the corner peeing. Mark in the corner with his penguin, and yeah. uh, the fox is playing gaily on on the on the snow covered lawn. Yeah, all that shit. Anyway, XTC. I have heard of them. Alan, I think we have heard your story as well about Golders Green. Yeah. Uh, mistaken identity with uh, the great Graham Goldman, wasn't it? Of um, yeah. 10CC, yeah. who was mistaken for the man from. Well, yeah, the XTC. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to so, go through that one again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go through that another time. Yeah. Anyway, um, for the for, for David, we'll go to David first because it's more of your genre. Yeah, yeah, more of my genre. You're right, uh, and I do recall having a conversation with Alan about this twenty odd years ago. Yeah. About XTC. Album. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um and. Look, I've, I've I've got the album. It is it's one of my favourite XTC albums actually. There's some of that they've got lots, but I, I think 
probably been unfettered away from the old label doing what they wanted. They were pretty much could do what they wanted on this one, couldn't they, compared perhaps with before. Yeah. They didn't have to worry about singles. They could build structured songs, not have to worry about singles so much. Um, no, great, great album, great cover. Um, I agree with you. The Last Balloon is a fantastic track as well on there. Um, just a shame we haven't seen more of Andy Partridge. And I, I didn't realise, but the... Um, the drummer Dave Gregory left just before this album came out, didn't he? Um, he, he, he left in 98. Um, and obviously he's been yeah. a member of big, big train for a fair, fair while. Um, mm. and I, I've got an album of his, a solo album or an album that he did his own I'm trying to remember what it was called, the tin something. Um, I've got that, got that racked away. One of his own ones, but and I, there's a huge talent in there. And, now they were, I suppose, sort of the XTC of uh, the 10CC of their time, very much the very clever, smart, intelligent, witty pop. Um, but that was in, injected into crafted musicianship. Really good. Yeah. Great choice. Thank you for that. Thanks for that, David. Yeah. Mm. yeah I'm going to Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you're all quite right. It's not, not an album I know at all. Um, but it's only through recent podcasts that I've started to listen to XTC a little bit more. Uh, I think it was Skylarking, you probably, I think Alan recommended a while back. Oh, yeah. So I went out and bought that one. Very, very good. But I've got quite a lot of albums to buy if I'm to catch up on XTC. <laughs> How many have they got? They must be. No, luckily they had a hi long hiatus. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about a good 12, 12 15. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got the ones, so I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have a listen to that one now. Good choice. The good news is that they're mostly in print. Yeah. Yeah, mostly <laughs> in print through Alan, Part uh, Alan Partridge. Andy Partridge has got his own label called Ape Records. And okay. uh, he's got a deal with uh, uh, Burning Shed. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they they tend to stop uh, most most of the stuff on, on and and it's and it's a lot of it's on two hundred um, gram vinyl, really good quality. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alan. And um, great choice. I know it's one of your favourite bands. Um, I have to say, XTC for me are <clears throat> completely off my radar. And um, like many other bands and solo artists we've introduced on the podcast, I should give them a listen. So they go on the uh, the list of to listen to. Yes. Thanks, one. So Darren, right? What, what's your first of ninety nine? Okay, well this one is going to surprise you, I think. Um, I found when I was looking for these from nineteen ninety nine, I. You may disagree, but for me, I thought there was a bit of a dearth of choice. Not so much quality, but albums that meant something to me or that I liked. I struggled a bit. I actually gave David three or four choices, and he said, that one's gone, that one's gone, that one's gone. So I don't know if that's been just one or two people or whether we all went for the same kind of things, but we'll find out as the night goes on. Um, but I've gone for something here. It's um, unusual for me, but it is an album that I listened to in 1999, back in the day, and it's one of the most important and 
probably influential albums to hip hop um, in the late nineties. I think I've only ever mentioned on all these podcasts one more hip hop album, which was De La Soul. Um, but I've gone this time for um, Dr. Dre with the album 2001, uh, released in November 1999. Really, quite it. It is a hip hop album. It has got the extreme language. Um, it's got the the drug use and the derogatory terms for women and all this sort of thing. Um, probably not one that Alan's gonna love. I don't think here, but it's it's classic. It's laid back, really laid back, um, but very punchy at the same time. It's got people on it like um, Snoop Dogg's on there, Eminem's on there, um, Nate Dogg's on there, Exhibit. There's some big names, big rappers on there. Um, one of the best tracks on it, actually, has got Mary J. Blige, one of the tracks towards the end. Um, I forget its name, The Message. And that's a beautiful song. So if we're going to put one on the playlist, David, it might be that one. It's a bit more family-friendly. Um, the Originally, it wasn't supposed to be called 2001. Um, it was going to be called 2000, and obviously it was out just a month or two before the year 2000. Um, but Dre's colleagues, he had some colleagues at Death Row Records, and they actually stole the name of his album. This is what he's come out with anyway. So it was going to be called The Chronic 2001, and that was taken by his colleagues at Death Row Records. So he went, do you know what? Stuff them. If they've gone, if they want The Chronic 2001, I'm just going to call it 2001. <laughs> that's where it came from um this was a late addition for me i was going to go with um lincoln park's hybrid theory and then realized at the last minute it was 2000 so i've had to put this one in um but it's a good album uh the big tracks on it was still dre forgot about dre and the next episode if you remember any of those they were the big singles uh i don't think that's all i've got to say about it just see mm -hmm. if you guys are aware of it yeah, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. Yeah. I can I can see the cover now. Um seen it in stores. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely seen it. I, Just I a very simple black cover with green yeah. text and I think a cannabis leaf or something in one corner. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, okay. But you'd be surprised you'd know you'd know some of the tracks. I think if you heard certainly the M and track, I can't remember its name. I was forgot about Dre. I think, yeah. Um, right. They're, they're songs that you'd probably not play, probably haven't played, but you'd recognise them if they came on the radio. I I am absolutely certain that Dave Turner is big into this. The man who loves <laughs> yeah, the man who loves the man who loves Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. Francis Francis Cabrel. <laughs> Sasha Distel. And Doctor Dre. Uh, Doctor Dre. We. Yeah. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. This is. We. 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 And no. I didn't think so. I didn't no, think so. No, not. Francis Cabrel, by the way. I just thought I'd th throw him in there. He was the first French artist I I bought an album of. Oh, back excellent. in the day, back in '97. Uh, just thought I'd uh, throw that one in there. Yeah. So, David, over to you. What are your thoughts on Dr. Dre? I think I just need to pass this along to Alan because I haven't got very much to contribute on this one. Uh, but you know what, uh, Darren, I will yeah. include the the message on the playlist and I will yeah. put the album on to... I'll play the whole album. 
and myself yeah. give it a listen because that's what it's all about with, give it a go have a word with your children they'll know it i think i think yeah. Seth, uh, yeah yeah maybe seth will yeah, yeah. Le, le message le message d'accord oui. yes oui, oui. c'est vrai that's right yeah. I, I did i did a meeting in french today that is you do oh ce n'est pas possible uh oui c'était très possible où sont les bagages où sont les baguettes <coughs> And, and you were chatting in French the other day to uh, a band. Oh, I was, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Divine Shade, wasn't they? Divine really Shade. Good. I haven't no, got around no, to no, listen no, then, yeah. Now no, you're showing off. I had yeah. to go into I had to go into a doctor in 1997 and tell him I had tiles. Yeah, in Grove. There's a conversation killer. Is that French for bottom? Is that French for bottom? The words, the, the word, coup is the word for bottom. Yeah. Um, so if you said merci beaucoup, that means thank you, nice bum, as opposed to merci beaucoup, which is thank you very much. Uh, I had to um, look up the word for hemorrhoids in, uh, in in my French dictionary, and guess what? It's les hemorrhoides. Oh, okay. You're, you're good <laughs> with your accent. Who, who would have thunk it? Yeah, it's it's very it's kind of it's kind of Bordeaux. Um, oh, yeah. so, and he said to me. Um, you must avoid two things. Uh, this is all in French, of course. Um, alcohol, are you kidding me? And mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, mayonnaise. Yeah, mayonnaise. So I had to avoid them for like at least a week. Jeez. There you go. Jeez. I've just Jeez. put half of our viewers <laughs> off. They're probably all eating their dinner, and I've just put half the viewers off. I got frozen out for a second. Have I rejoined Ask the Dust? The doctor. <laughs> I think you have. With, with the fourth emergency <laughs> service. Ask, ask your French doctor. That's oui. 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 Les hemorrhoids. You're going to need some cream for that, pal. <laughs> Thankfully, it's never been repeated. Uh, I've, I've avoided mayonnaise ever since. <laughs> I can't say the same for alcohol. <laughs> right. So, so the, the fourth, sorry, the first one from me and the fourth one to go in has a number to the title as well. This band were massive in the 90s. Uh, they kicked it off with the likes of the Spice Girls, uh, but they were the nemesis of Oasis. This For is me, the first album I wanted, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 these guys were, I think, if you were, are you Oasis or Blur? Are you Beatles or Rolling Stones? I was most definitely Beatles and uh, Blur. Um, Damon Alburn gets a bit of a bit of a slating from Adele. I don't know what he's like as a character, but most genius are a little bit, um, shall we say, edgy. Mm. Uh, this no, was the no. first album. <laughs> this, 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 this is a, the album 13 that came out in 1999. And it, it went from Park Life, where it was all very um, Britpop, to something quite I would consider as serious. So I remember hearing for the first time the song Tender. Um, but there are other songs that that, that I think are um, better on the album. He yeah. was going out with uh, uh, Justine Frischman from Elastica at the time. Uh, it was quite an intense relationship. I believe they broke up because she was still best pals with her ex. He was still a good friend. He wanted kids, and it all went about pear-shaped. However, out of um, tragedy, travesty, 
the greatest songwriters and musicians write the best songs. For me, anyway, I, I think this stands head, head and shoulders apart from his gorillas, apart from his gorillas um, um, adventures. I would say that stands head and shoulders above any other album. Some will disagree with me. Um, the 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 best song in this is is Coffee and TV. It's yeah. essentially about um, the the lead guitarist Graham Coxon uh, wrote it as uh, giving up booze. All right. And he said, "Sociability is hard enough for me. Take me away from this big bad world and agree to marry me." So it's he's he's basically talking about his his trouble and strife is uh, obviously a lot of a lot of stuff that a lot of musicians go through uh, at the height of their career. It's a very upbeat sort of pop poppy song, but there's a very serious message. And I'm, I'm quite like that. It, I went to see the Divine Comedy there, was it last week or the week before? Very similar. Uh, catchy tune, but a very serious message to it. And you don't realise what you're singing until you go into the devil in the detail. Uh, however, I would put on this, I'm making a short and sweet, just catching up on time. I would say that the the song I'd want on the on the playlist it would either be Coffee and TV or No Distance Left to Run. It was one one of the three tracks that that did well. Tender was the biggest hit. I think it went in at number two in the UK. The others were outside the top ten. I'll leave it to you uh, to decide whether it's Coffee and the T- Coffee and TV or No Distance Left to Run. Uh, great choice. I was just going to say for me, well, I didn't know if you were going to mention it, but no, no distance left to run is beautiful. Yeah. That, would, that just edges coffee and TV for me. There. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Brilliant album. And I was, yeah, I said to David, could I please have Blur? And I thought I was probably too late. Um, but yeah, it is a good album. Um, I think when you said head and shoulders above anything else he's done, I think for me, if we're talking Blur, I think modern life is rubbish, just edges it. I think that's, again, yeah. the first time I saw them on tour, I think, as well. And, yeah, and it's got For Tomorrow and Star Shapes and Chemical World, just banging tracks. But, yeah, yeah. but we're talking 1999, and that was definitely my first choice. Yeah, um, and, and, and what, I would, what I would say to that as well, when I listened to Park Life, I thought, well, it's quite gimmicky, and yeah. um, it, it, it leaves uh, a memory in your life of, this was the battle of the bands, definitely maybe versus Park Life. Yeah, and uh, it was it got to the point where it was pretty annoying, and you thought, are these guys going to come out of this after two, three, four, five years? Are they going to last? Are they going to go the whole hog the distance? Yeah. Are they going to be a band that are to be reckoned with in 15, 20 years time? This album for me set Blur apart uh, in in ways that Oasis. Apart from Morning Glory, fantastic album, but for me it showed the um, more serious side to Auburn and the rest of the band. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Alan, Alan. Yeah, I remember. I've got that. I remember buying this at the time. I think um, my my CD is like in a white clamshell box. It's like a, so you don't see the colourful cover. It's like a white clamshell special box. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You not got that, Dad? 
Yeah, I think so. Is that not got? Is that got two albums in it? I think it was like a twin pack with thirteen and Think Tank or something like that. No, I've, no, I've got one similar to that. But no, no, this is a white box. Just and with think, thirteen in it. Yeah, mm. and I think just like the album, there's you, there's no reference to the band's name or on on the actual album cover. Oh, no, yeah, um, but yeah, when I bought this, um, I think I think it was really going on on the single "No Distance Left to Run," uh, or or it could have been. I mean, "Tender" was the first track, I think, of the lead yeah. track. Uh, yeah. But the, the track that stood out for me was um, at the time I can remember is it a song called "Battle." Mm. Yeah, great song. I think it's quite a slow song from that. I haven't played it for yeah. a long time. But yeah, uh, it's a great album. And um, I, you know, really, I distinctly remember, remember playing it uh, for, um, for, for quite a number of times, actually. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think it was, did, did th- um, was, uh, 13 come after this. Sorry, again. Sorry, what was the this other is 13. You sorry, yeah, sorry, Daz. What was the other album you referenced? Uh, what, Think Double Tank. Think Tank. That yeah, was after think, this, wasn't think it? Think Tank was after, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. The red cover. Like, oh, yeah, right. the album before that was Boston and Dronan. Yeah. Oh, that was like the B-sides on that. Yeah, that yeah. was just, just been out for record store. Yeah, it's just been re-released, yeah. Japanese thing, but yeah, Tank came out in two thousand and three. That's right. Right. Did um was Beetle Bum not on thirteen as well? We haven't mentioned Beetle Bum, but that's a tune as well. Uh, it wasn't. No, Beetle Bum is on is on thirteen, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. No, no, it's on. No, no. sorry, on Think Tank. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm never yeah. sure on that track, which I'm not. Yeah, no, Battle, Battle is on. Battle is on. Um, on thirteen, but Be- but Beetlebomb came came out later than that. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. From, I think it's the think the first track on Think Tank. Yeah. But yeah, great album, and um, I probably should stick that on really. Yeah. Yeah, great album. I'd like you to do that. Think, yeah, Think Tank came out and. Um, was Beetle? I don't think it was on Think Tank. Oh no, it was on Blur. It was on Blur Blur. Yeah, it was on Blur Blur, yeah. Very eponymous album, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's my first choice. That was a couple of years before, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's back to um, Monsieur Turner. Okay. Comment to the Turner en français? Turner. C'est génial. C'est génial, oui, peut-être. Tu veux que je continue en français Oui, pourquoi pas Monsieur Bungle is my next one. Allez, allez, tu dois tourner à gauche. Okay, so my my next one, and I realise I've got quite a spread in music styles in in the four choices I have, but this one in particular, um, some people have tried to figure out who their influences are to this band, Mr Bungle. Um, but take it from me, 
they're mad. If I'm picking their third album, the first two were crazier than, than this one. They settled down a little bit by this one. Um, it would take a team of several dozen musician enthusiasts or music enthusiasts to figure out what their style is. Um, but it's a good album. Um, chock full of various different influences from Zappa to avant-garde to metal, surf, bluegrass, blues, jazz, uh, and even some Arabian music in there. Um, the, 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 the vocal duties are carried out by Mike Patton, who some people will know as being the more recent singer for Faith No More. He's been in a, he's been in a mass of other bands as well, Phantomass. Um, he's I, I I did have for a while a solo album he did, which he sung completely in Italian. So a very talented guy, um, and his his vocals kind of even out a little bit. But in one song, you, you will go from one one track uh, in one track you go from one style to another to another to another. Um, and it keeps you on your toes. If you go back to the previous album, Disco Volante, that just has your head spinning trying to listen to it. Um, they broke up in 2000, so this was their third and last album. And I guess that's probably because they'd run out of musical styles to be able to cover. Um, for me, you put it on, you can't put it on whilst you're working. I tried that yesterday, didn't work very well. You, you, <laughs> need, you need to put it on um, so you can concentrate and listen and try and keep up with everything that's going on. Um, for me, 1999 was a year that didn't inspire me a great deal, but not not in terms of popular or, or albums that were popular. But there was plenty on on the the fringes which really caught my imagination. And Mr. Bungle's California is in my top four. Excellent choice. So much so that I've never heard of it. I don't expect anyone to know anything about them. But but what, what this, I'm 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 not being sarcastic here. But I think it's it's so off the wall. I'm really looking forward to listening to it, Mr. Mr. Monsieur Bungler. And I feel like I should know it because I really liked Faith No More, but I haven't for some reason. It's passed me by, even though it's. Obviously, a side project of his. No. Uh, well, it's bef it was before, so this is ninety nine. It's because he joined Faith No More afterwards. They had another singer, didn't they? Faith Faith No More. I can't remember who it who it was before. Um, oh, so it was a, oh. They had yeah. they, they did have a change of singer, didn't they? Um, um I, maybe I'm not sure. I'm having a quick look. Um, I'm. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I was going to say, they were definitely going way before that, though, weren't they? Yeah, in oh, 1979, yeah. they formed. Yeah, um, and I would put the, the opening track, Sweet Charity. It's probably a more accessible one. You can pick up the melody, even though it goes all over the place whilst you're singing, whilst it's uh, being played. And, Alan, I wouldn't imagine this is on your radar either. Uh, sorry, Dave. Excellent. Uh... That's good. I'm happy. Yeah, but um, I think I've, I'm, I'm just uh, Google the cover. You would have seen it around I'm probably in bargain sure bins. Seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah, so, yeah, you'll, you'll see it around in charts. But, but yeah, I know Mike Patton was the original singer. Oh, was he? Okay, I thought they yeah, he, he took some. 1998 and then rejoined 2009. Oh, okay, right, yeah, I, I knew yeah. it was a sabbatical. Yeah, I know, I'm keen to hear that album, sounds good. Thank you very much for that one, David. Mm. 
great choice. Um, you've even stumped Alan. Yeah. Who's up next? Just uh, showing you the Blur box set. Yeah, I have got that one. I have got that one somewhere. Yeah. It's probably the 13 that gave it away. Alan, once again, is annoyingly showing uh, albums that we cannot see on the podcast. (laughs) Or anybody else. He's just just showing off, isn't he? He's just being selfish, isn't he? You know, I'm just being descriptive and yeah. Oh, numbered as well. Limited, <laughs> limited to two hundred million copies or something. I'm not... Yeah, I've got, I've got hundred number one nine three six seven three. Yeah. I don't think they sold that many. <laughs> no. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Thank. Yeah. Thank you very much, David. Uh, once again, yeah. you bring a better culture and class. <laughs> You have, you've, unlike the rest of us, the Anderthals. You've, you've, you've um, named a, 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 an artist, which I guess potentially many, not many people might be aware of. Whereas I, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think these are a bit of a household name uh, in most houses. Uh, this is a compilation album. Actually, again, uh, this guy, this band were pretty, pretty big in uh, the early eighties. Uh, was selling out stadiums throughout the world, and um, and in nineteen ninety nine, I think they kind of run out of run out of steam almost. Um, you know, there were so there was a different type of uh, music starting off the indie, the indie sort of uh, bands were appearing and the Britpop bands of you know we just discussed so maybe they went off the boil but surprisingly this band came back uh, last just last year with a, with a new with a new album and they you know they continue to you know to tour the world and they're in the UK as we speak um, the, this is so this is a compilation album and it's an unusual one in as much as it's just it's uh, a double CD of extended versions, a couple of versions that maybe not available at the time. Uh, this band had released uh, a lot of their singles on the 12-inch uh, format, so uh, it was ideal for extended versions. Uh, so this is a two-CD set, and the, the name of the band, the name of the album, is called Strange Behaviour. So uh, I don't know if that gives away any clues, uh, but it's the words from um, uh, one of their, their songs. Uh, the band is actually called Duran Duran. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and uh, so it's a superb album of, uh, you know, what they, what they termed night, night versions and remixes of their, you know, their, their early tracks like Planet Earth, Girls on Film, uh, then you've got Rio, you know, these these are, none of these tracks are less than five minutes, so you get some great arrangements on here. Um, uh, there's also a track on here uh, which wasn't released as a single, uh, was released on uh, the album Rio, which in actual fact uh, was released 40 years ago yesterday. Uh, the track was here, opens um, side two, it's called New Religion. 
And one of my favourites that is, and this is a carnival version, which is again, it's you know slightly extended, but great, great arrangements. Um, and um, I think this uh, probably went under a lot of people's radar at the time. Um, other music about perhaps thinking, oh, uh, you know, I don't think it got a lot of um, a lot of coverage. Uh, at the time, press press coverage um, certainly never was released on vinyl. It would be great if it was. It'd be ideal. And there's also another uh, CD two on here. It's got um, uh, Notorious, and um, brilliant. So that was a big big single. Skin Tray. Yeah, yeah. And Notorious then, came out in eighty eighty six. Yeah, and then that's all the now the now. Uh, no, eight album. Yeah. Or is it no ten? Oh. Uh, but yeah, the, the the actual album titled "Strange Behaviour" um, is a, is a is a line from from the world uh, from the from the from the song "Skin Trade." So yeah, great. So um, so you've probably heard a lot of these tracks already. Uh, if, on the album or maybe the single versions, but this is one to to, to look out for. Probably yeah. put this CD up quite quite cheaply these days. I mean, people are tending to get rid of their CDs. Um, there's some great tracks on here, and um, you, know, you know, sit down for an hour or so, and uh, or even more, and. Um, and it's a, a, a really great listen, I think. So that's my my choice for number that's two. An, that's, a, that's an interesting choice, Alan, considering, I guess, it's not, I wouldn't say an original, but covers or of, of their original tracks, which is fair yeah. enough. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's entirely legitimate. Yeah, I mean, they were, it's a compilation album. Um, but it, it's not like, you know, they, they released recently released this stuff on um, uh, on vinyl. It would have been originally on vinyl, uh, but a lot of it not not released on CD previously. So uh, not for everybody. But I say that they, you know, they're back with that with that new album that, that came out last year, doing really well. And um, yeah. Hello, what? Like, look, you can get a copy for six or seven quid, something like that. Yeah. Like it's a good couple of hours long, so good value for yeah. money. Yeah. Excellent. Any thoughts, David? Well, I was going to ask. Um, I think you said some of the night versions. Do you know what that means? Yeah, it's how they. It was like another word for extended okay. versions. So, for example, you've got. Um, they call them night night mix night version. So, like Planet Earth, go the first track in here is six minutes fifty eight. Okay, but it's probably about four minutes on the album. Nice. And um, girls on film is five thirty one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So longer than a typical single. So, so essentially, you are the night version of us four, aren't you, Alan? <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to play them at night. I think what 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 was it a loop? What it was alluding to is the versions that would have been played in nightclubs. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. got it, got it. And, and the like. And, uh, I mean, and that went right over your head. Yeah. <laughs>
right. I, yeah. So thank you, Alan. I'll look out for that one, Alan, for sure. Yeah. So well, I thank you very much, Mr. Jones. Daz, right, you're up next for number two, mate. Right, nice one. Okay, this one, a bit more, slightly more what you'd expect from me, I think. Um, but very contrasting views by the music media when this came out. Uh, it was, it, this artist has already had quite a few albums out. I think this is his seventh studio album. Um, it was named 50th Worst Album Ever by Q Magazine uh, a few years later. But NME ranked it number 307 of the 500 greatest 500 greatest of all time. So it really did divide opinion. Um, it's Midnight Vultures by Beck. Um, oh. And it was his seventh album. So he'd already released some banging albums. Um, and this one, underrated, I would say, but really, really good. He's taken inspiration from, uh, there's one song that's uh, reminiscent of Kraftwerk, a song called Home Computer. And it's kind of almost, not sample, but it's certainly very reminiscent. Um, there's a synth breakdown in Milk and Honey, which is taken from Grandmaster Flash, from A Message, uh, another really good song. There's The Velvet Underground's been um, an influence. And one of the biggest songs, Deborah, was inspired by Prince, Adore by Prince, and Win by David Bowie as well. Big songs on it. Uh, the only one you might know was Sex Laws. Sex Laws was the biggest single from the album by far. I did alright in the charts, I think. Must have been top 20, probably. Uh, it's just a really good... There's an 80s feel about it, even though it was 1999. I reckon it's inspired bands sort of like the Claxtons, Daft Punk, Lady Gaga. It's got that kind of feel to it. And I'd be really surprised if Beck hadn't influenced all these sort of people. Um, Mixed Business is another song on the album you might know as well. Um, just really good. Uh, reached another album, reached number 19 in the UK. So I think it is underrated for Beck. And if you haven't heard it, really, really worth a listen. And that's all I've got to say on that one. Do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah? David, do you know it? Um, didn't it come preloaded with Windows Media Player? Good question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It might well have done. So it kept popping up in my um, in my music library back in the day. Oh, do you know what? I think one track was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It might be Midnight Vulture itself. Oh, yeah, there was. There was a, yeah. yeah no, just... it was Beautiful Way. Oh, Beautiful That's Way. Okay, it. Beautiful yeah. Way. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Darren, I have always tried to love Beck. I think he's great what he does for music. I mean, he just pushes himself he chained himself he 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 tries releasing music in different formats he even released an album once yeah. just as sheet music didn't he yeah he did yeah. No, so i think he's fantastic uh for, yeah, for, for everything he does but it doesn't really touch my sides i, I try it um, but it doesn't I, I keep on trying um certainly that, that that one song on windows media player i think it really grabbed me when I heard it but then when I listened to the album again I didn't really connect with all of it but you know what he's a great artist he's picked up lots yeah. loads of nominations he's 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 loved he was loved by the music industry although as you just described maybe by not by all of it I think he obviously caught yeah. he, he grabbed the attention of some and, and not of everyone else 
Um, but I think during that that period, I don't know what he's, if he's still doing music these days. But um, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah um, like he, we're better off having him around than not having him around. That's for sure. Yeah, it's actually that's interesting that you say that. Even though you say he's reinvented himself and tried different kind yeah. of genre, but still none of it's grabbed you. That's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. that's it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, well, I, I said that about Dave Grohl. So it, it, you know, it's yeah, um, yeah. Met, met, there's good artists like that. Um, Very true. So, Alan, I have to what, say. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry, Alan, go ahead, mate. Yeah, I got. I bought this. Yeah, uh, I remember the cover, the pink, and I had to remind myself, but I knew it was a really dare, gorgeous, bright colours in it. It's very bright. Uh, yeah. I, uh, like a bright purple and, and green. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember this. Um, I, I, I've, I've sort of bought, I bought Beck. Uh, probably every album that's come out, right? You know, from Odelay. You know, I think with Odelay, and oh. I went back a bit, yeah, and then since then I bought every album. I just find it's, it's, it's really quite interesting, quite quirky. Yeah, you know, always knows what you don't expect yeah. to do next. Some yeah. of the stuff is uh yeah listen once uh and maybe don't listen again but um i mean i think i think his last album but one was absolutely beautiful it was more of like an acoustic um i think it's called now um it's gone when it was but then then he brought out another the one after that was was more um, colors colors was five years ago something like that but it Colours, the album was called Colours five years ago. That's the one. And yeah. then the one after that, um, I think that's called Automation or something like that. Um, where well, he was he was almost like looking a bit like um going down the, the Jamiroquai kind of route. Yeah, uh, hyperspace that one, wasn't it? Hyperspace that's even the, the cover one. looks kind of Jamiroquai, yeah. That's right, yeah. But Baltimore and um there was there was another there was one where um, was it the album Guero uh, yeah. a great track on there called Black Tambourine. Okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you can be selective. You probably really need a greatest hits album for you know people to appreciate him in, in yeah. his entirety. And some of the stuff is really catchy, like on Odelay, uh, like the the devil, the devil, the devil. Did my haircut or something like that? <laughs> no, devil's haircut. Devil's haircut. Devil's haircut in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Really yeah. I, yeah. Um, so I've got this. This wouldn't be my favourite, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's got to be in there. Um, yeah. Good album. It's part of his, his repertoire. So yeah. 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 Thanks for bringing him up, Daz. Yeah, no worries. Cheers. Good feedback. Nice one. Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, so my second choice uh, isn't as off. Well, I, I would say about Beck. With regards to Beck, I like like David. I couldn't get get into him. Uh, I, however, I do admire him or respect him, should I say, as a, a musical artist who has <clears throat> well paved the way in some regard. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's pricked ears up and uh, made to think about what he does. Yeah. And he's, he's worthy of a listen. He's not everyone's cup of tea. He's not mine. Uh, I always thought he was a bit strange in his ways. 
I, I think I, I put him into the category of Bjork and maybe Neil Hannon. Yeah. Neil Hannon's more listenable. Mm. And I'd uh, I'd love to have the the patience to uh, and, and the open mindedness, I guess, to, to listen to a wee bit more of Beck. And uh, well, that goes on to the list of me giving it a chance. So sea change is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's quite a so, years old. Yeah. Yeah. So so my second choice, a bit obvious, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Seventh studio album. Uh there was a comedy named after your boy out of um David Acovney. Uh The X Files. Yeah. Uh, went on to do a comedy Californication, keeping it sweet. Oh, yeah. This is easily one of my favourite albums, not just of nineteen ninety nine, but of all time, I like Red Hot Chili Peppers are a phenomenal band. Uh, I'd love to see them live. This this album just oozes, uh, well, commercial success. Whether they intended to or not, I don't know. I don't care. Some of the greatest songs they 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 made. People say it's heavy metal. Others would say it's psychedelic rock. Songs like Californication itself, Scar Tissue. Road tripping parallel universe around the world. Um, I defy anyone to say that this is a shit album. It's great. It's uh, probably up there with By the Way for me as uh, uh, two of the best albums. Short and sweet. It's good in there as my number two. Cool. Um, I wouldn't say it was a shit album, but I'm a bit thicker with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I look. I was chatting to. I'll do a shout out for Nat at work. Natalie at work. I was talking about this one because she said, "Why haven't you got Californication in?" And I said, "Oh, I tell you, what, I said I know Mark will have it anyway." <laughs> and she said, "Okay." She said, "I'll have a listen." But I'm. I kind of. I really loved her early stuff. So I really liked Mother's Milk and up to kind of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It was a brilliant album. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I started to find them a little bit samey. And a little bit, I don't want to say bland, it's the wrong word. It was good music, but I guess I felt like I'd heard it all before. And even though I, yeah. I appreciate them, I'm not saying it's a bad album in any way, but just not as good for me as their earlier stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it, 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 they went from kind of, there was a lot of electronic in there, some of their stuff, uh, which was kind of like boy, uh, Brian Eno, type stuff yeah and then funk rock under the bridge under the bridge was the first track that got me into red hot chili peppers and a big call out to my my best buddy ever kevin connell he he got me into the chili peppers as well and uh i've never looked back i think i think they're a fantastic band edgy very edgy flea on bass guitar uh on on the lead guitar they're, they are just a great setup, and I, I'd love to see them live. I can't wait to don't give forget, them the opportunity. Don't forget Chad Smith, amazing drummer. Chad yeah. Smith, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, Farrell, as he's sometimes known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Any, yeah. any other. I was, lucky, that? I was lucky, I'll just say, I was lucky enough to see them live, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I always forget whether it's Reading or Glastonbury, but you've probably seen it when they come on with the helmets on, with the flames. 
at the top, I was at that gig. <laughs> I think it was Reading Festival when they formed that. But yeah, and they were a really good live. Excellent. Yeah, you'll get a chance. I saw them at Croke Park in Dublin. Yeah. You're a Sean Arsenal. Uh, uh, great and supported by Noel Gallagher, so it was a good double bill. Oh, excellent. Um, the, only, the only two acts I've seen there are you uh, 2 and Michael Bublé. Keep that one to yourself. Oh, oh. <laughs> Don't say the bubble word. <laughs> the, 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 um, Darren, you, you've obviously loved them for who they were <laughs> and perhaps not what they evolved to, but that's very difficult, especially when you find commercial success. You know, yeah, yeah, it is hard. Exactly right. But there's some, you know, absolute bangers on that Californication. Um, that I think they they sort of struck a struck gold, didn't they? They they knew then how to craft a song that hooked people, and that's what it was about, uh, and it's, build on it. It's like REM, exactly the same. REM um, had green, yeah. You know, Orange Crush, Murmur, uh, Stand, yeah. and then they came out with uh, Out of Time, Boom. Yeah. You know, they were told before they made Green, if you don't make an album that's going to sell <clears throat> singles, forget it. Yeah. And they came out with Green, uh, Out of Time, then of course, the, 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 the fantastic automatic for the people. Yeah. And, and I guess Red Hot Chili Peppers did the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was different in those days, wasn't it? The uh, the bands wouldn't necessarily have record labels these days who pay money up front and expect uh, returns on it. But uh, in those days, that was the deals, and they were living for you know living within their contracts. How many albums they had to deliver, and the the, the record labels would then hold them to ransom. You know, as you said, exactly. deliver exactly the goods, right. or or you're not going to be renewed. So. Exactly. Uh, exactly. A hangover work. from the seventies, I would say. Uh, you know, yeah. when the likes of Elton John and Queen were pumping out albums, well, Elton John particularly pumping out albums every six months. Anyway, mm. at the halfway house, I'm going to give you a few interesting facts about 1999. Uh, the euro was established on the first of January 99. Uh, for all you Man City fans out there, Man United beat Bayern Munich three-two in the Champions League final. Uh, the Scottish Parliament was opened by otherwise known as Brenda in private eye, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. It was a solar eclipse. How could we forget that? Yes. August. In August of 99. I remember it well. I remember where I was. And Bill Clinton was acquitted by the Senate because it was all Democrats of um, giving... Ms. Lewinsky, a good pumping with a cigar. <laughs> so there you have it. It was actually quite an eventful year. And uh, last but not least, I think it was Storm Martin on December 27th. I call out to Clarence her birthday. Uh, that happened as well in 1999. So never mind Y2K. I forgot all those uh, wonderful things. Scores on the doors, two each. Right. Back to you, Mr. Miss Yuck Okay, I am going back to the well for me, um, David Sylvian. Uh, Japan released their last album in 81. The, the, the band broke up in 82. 
was a big hiatus there. They sort of came together again in 1991 um, when they released Rain Tree Crow. Um, so I guess that was for record label reasons that they didn't keep the name Japan. And already by then they they changed their sound. And if anyone has heard that sort of unofficial Japan album. Um, he comes back to that similar sound but in 91 afterwards then through the 90s he spent quite a bit of time um, he did some collaborative work with the likes of Robert Fripp um, but he did quite a lot of sparse ambient music come 1999 he embraced songs uh, uh, song as an art form and he got on board Mark Ribbio the uh, Tom Waits guitarist and produced this amazing album dead bees on a cake great album um i said the the style if you if you'd heard that sort of 1991 rain tree crow album it kind of keeps on the same style um you've got in there uh sort of um and it is, it is quite melancholic as an album but always he finds a way of making tunes have some happy notes in it that keeps you interested. Uh, there's a roads driven track called I Surrender. Um, there's some lazy groove type music um, with Wonderlust. And then the last track on there, uh, Darkest Dreaming, is a, is a, has a sweet sadness to it. Um, a beautiful song. It's a, it's a triumph and you know, gradually building up my Dave, uh, David Sylvian collection. Um, it's very much a forward-thinking album with a retro sound, um, melodic, and with with a few shades of um, uplift and hope. Gorgeous album. I'd highly recommend it for anyone who likes that sort of art rock style. And that goes in as my number three. Yeah, I bought that, You did? I bought that. Uh, it's a great album. Uh, as you mentioned, I Surrender. That's a lovely, it goes on for over nine minutes. It's a lovely yeah, it's song. all meanders, doesn't it? It's a wonderful yeah. song. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think all of it, all of it's great. It's just a, it's a double album. It goes on, it's about 70 minutes, uh, but it's it's really worth listening. And again, one of those albums you'd want to, want to sit down and probably listen from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and, and get sort of whisked away with, with everything. Um, I mean, his voice is just uh, unique. Uh, you know, straight away when you know it's David Sylvian. Uh, it's great. And, he, and, he, and he's always had some great mus musicians around him, yep. great producers. Uh, I think this came out a few years ago, didn't it, David, for Record Store Day? It did, yes. Uh, Love another version a lovely final uh version with a different cover alternative cover but yeah well i um, mean the original cover is really really nice yeah lovely, it is like, orange sort of color and uh, a whole all sorts of things going on on, on the cover there lovely cover <laughs> but um, yeah i remember buying that uh, on cd there we go yeah i think He's got so much, hasn't he? But um, obviously, never really listened to him at all until these podcasts. And 
you'd never get the whole, or well, I would never get the whole back catalogue now, I don't think, but it's little odds and ends that I listen to and respect. Very talented guy. Um, I'll dig this one out, David. I'll find this one, have a listen. I might have a spare one around somewhere if you ask nicely. Oh, pleasey, please. <laughs> just, just get the cold can and dwarfs out and you'll be, you'll be laughing. Yeah, there you go. I'll bring them around. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, That's good. Another great choice, David. Uh, one that I am not au fait with. And it's another one on the list. Thank you. I feel, I feel like a complete Philistine tonight. No, no. It's, I, I'm, I'm trying to go a little bit off-piste, as you can tell. Yeah, no, I like it. I appreciate it. Mark, you, you, picked, up the Japan, you picked up the Japan album, though, didn't you? Quite like I did. Yes, I did indeed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you introduced me to uh, Japan. I remember them when I was a kid, and uh, just remember it, it not being my thing at the time because I don't think my um, my my musical palette. Don't think it was, was meant to be aimed at you yeah. at that age. Yeah, exactly. Whereas um, you know, if I was thirty years older, like yourselves, uh, <laughs> I, I I would have picked up one of these. How does that happen? <laughs> I, I am I even shown the Battle of Agincourt here by by yourself? But what's that no, about? But if, you like, if you like Quiet Life, you'll you'll. you'll I, like I, I love Quiet Life. I think it's a great great uh, track. It's yeah. and it's it, it just uh, once again it kind of encapsulates the eighties. Okay. That, that yeah. time, that era, that genre. Nice one, David. Once again, off piste is always welcome. Okay. Nice to meet. It's your good self, Okay, so yeah, this my third choice is was, this was this album was probably one of the maybe one of the biggest selling albums of the year of nineteen ninety nine and probably spawned numerous numerous singles uh, and you know and 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 even today it is a lot of these tracks you can. Uh, probably still repeated now in television adverts and you probably don't even realize who it is um but you know the guy was um he, he didn't really uh, i don't think he really he didn't he didn't seek fame he wasn't one of these shouty guys i want to you know look, look at me mummy i'm dancing he just did his stuff and you know you heard his tracks and they were so catchy um that you just um i think you just ended up buying this album in the end because they were you know they were they were just so listenable and and and, and different really for 1999. uh the, and the, the, the guy is called moby and the album's called play um so a lot of the these tracks on here um they're they're, they're not massively long songs i think the album is about altogether about 18 tracks something like that uh but you know a lot of them i know you'll know and and uh or maybe you'll you'll you know the song you might not know the title uh but if i say things like honey i think that's the first track on here uh find my baby porcelain why does my heart uh feel so bad uh, some great tracks, really, and um, but then Natural um, Blues was a big one, wasn't it? Put it Natural, Natural Blues, Blues, brilliant song. Yeah, 
Uh, but uh, again, it's uh, really clever, clever stuff on here. And um, so you did, you didn't really, after this, I think you went on to have uh, maybe another couple of albums. Um, but then I, I, I've not really seen much. I think uh, you maybe brought out one last year that was, I think, maybe on the Decca label. So he's going a little bit classical. Uh, type of thing, but um, yeah, really clever uh, guy at the time, um, and uh, I just think really, really, really clever use of uh, some sampling, um, you know, some keyboards. Um, so some of it is a little bit repetitive, but it's but it, it a lot of these are real, what they call like you know earworms. You know, you hear yeah, it. That's a great way of describing it. You know, they, they, you know, you, 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 you they keep going round in your head. Yeah. And he um, brought out an, an, an album. He brought out a, a version which contained a load, of, a load of, you know, despite having this album of, of tracks, he always went uh, with that. We you know with the big, you know, any CD singles that came out. Of, that he brought out, which was the again, you know, the, the thing at the time, lots and lots of different tracks. So he was able to bring out another album um, containing just the B sides, um, and uh, just got a red cover. This is the the one which is green. Yeah. Uh, this is actually um, a later release, the music on vinyl. Sorry, the uh, a vinyl me, please, vinyl me. Right. Yeah. I have to but, say, yeah. I have, it's it's um, it's the one that I was told by uh, David, you can't have that one. It's claimed. <laughs> and, uh, Guess what? So was I. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was straight in there at, uh, at at number one or two. Yeah. What we play is a phenomenal album, and he is. Uh, I don't know where he's gone and what he's doing. Well, you know, but, he's. Um, yeah. Why does my heart feel so bad? It's, it's so incredibly haunting. And I love, of course, my, my favorite trilogy um, is is the uh, you know the Born trilogy and yeah, Extreme yeah. Ways. He, he did he did that, and that is just that's a pile driver. Yeah. And and one of his other albums, Eighteen, uh, were all made of stars. It's mm. just it takes you literally. It's it's an it's an out of earth experience, and he does that deliberately, especially with the. Yeah. His covers. I, I, I'm not big into dance, but it is it is a, an earworm. His tracks are earworms, and you're right. Some of it is repetitive, but quite possibly deliberately so. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. if if you like to listen to um, Orb and Osric Tentacles, guys like that, it's it's a long for me anyway. It's got that same cadence about it. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, what a talent! I'm sure he's still going strong doing the circuit. Hold on, you know what? You, you didn't you hear him a couple of weeks ago on the new Pink Floyd song for Ukraine? Mm. Oh, really? He was taking the Richard Wright part. Ah. Dave Gilmore brought him in. He's he's been heavily involved in politics. Um, he's yeah. been involved in lots of things, but he's still released. He's still involved in music as well. Um, he's got his own studios in Brixham, I think it is. Yeah, as long as he doesn't see, do something that is utterly naff that Bono did, uh, mm. 
just defeating the purpose. I think anyway, that's no. another story. Um, Mark, you'd yeah. like to follow him. You should follow him on Twitter. You'd, you'd really appreciate what he talks about and, and what he comments yeah. about. Yeah, absolutely. Mo Moby. Moby. Mo Moby, yeah. Moby or Bon. Yeah, Moby. yeah, I thought you were talking about... No, no. Sorry, right. I thought I was going to have a hissy fit when you said... I thought you were referring to Bono. No, 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 no. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with the theme at the moment. He's actually just like just looking. Moby's a lot more prolific than I think we're giving him credit for. He's had since play. He's had fourteen or fifteen studio albums. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've not heard of any of them, so I guess it's maybe experimental or. Yeah. I mean, one of them's called Long Ambience One: Calm Sleep. So I think yeah. he's. Yeah, yeah I remember eighteen. The one 18, was like a yeah. spaceship cover, a space yeah. helmet cover. Yeah, yeah 18, was 18, was his, 18 was his other big one. Yeah. Clay made him, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. It broke him completely. I mean, he's probably made so, he probably made so much money out of, you know, get, you know adverts, or hopefully he has. Uh, yeah. that, you know, that allowed him to, you know, a bit of time where he could have his own studio and, and be experimental, you know, do, do, do what he wanted. Great choice, Alan. Great choice. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all unanimous on that one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, are we? Yeah. Next up, your good self, Darren. Okay. So I guess this is another one that surprised me when I selected it, but it is an album I used to love. Um, I haven't played it for a long time until the last few days, but um, it's an album where you can really sit back or lay in bed Play it, put it on, just lose yourself in it and relax. It's beautiful. Um, it's by the Scottish uh, Scottish rock band Mogwai, and it's Come On, Die Young by Mogwai, uh, released in March 1999. It's, it was a bit of a breakaway. It's their second album. It's a bit of a breakaway from their first album, where they used a kind of lot of heavy distortion and big guitar sounds as well. Um, this one's a lot more ambient. Uh, it starts with the first track, Punk Rock, has got a recording of an interview with Iggy Pop playing really, really quietly. And you've got to really strain to hear the interview and it's got the music over the top. And there's a few tracks like that. Um, the, I guess the most commercial track for them on that was a track called Cody, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you may know that one if you're going to know one at all. And they've got some tracks on there. There's one... Uh, the penultimate track, Christmas Steps, goes on for nearly 11 minutes. But it is, and there's another, there's an eight and a half minute track called May Nothing But Happiness Come Through Your Door. Um, and Oh, How the Dogs Stack Up, that's a very short one, but very good. Um, and if you don't know this album, I would definitely suggest having a listen to it. It's, it is beautiful. They've drawn kind of influence from like The Cure was a big one, Nick Drake as well. Um, and if you haven't heard it, just listen to it. it. Honestly, you won't regret it. It's gorgeous. That's all I have to say on that one. That was that one came in. Well, that's all I have to say apart from this. That one was put in because um, I couldn't have play because play had gone. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I'm struggling. But I saw that one and thought Mogwai has to go in there. Great choice. Cheers. And, uh, and, and I believe that Come On Day Young was a, a big two fingers to the Britpop guys. Yeah. They were going on about Live Forever platitudes, as they say. Mm. And uh, 
I liked it. The uh, the album cover kind of freaks me out though. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I like their music, and and uh, I do have a, a certain bias towards Scottish bands for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, I remember this coming out, and I remember seeing the album cover, and it totally put me off actually buying it. What's that about? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you better explain it now, Mark. You picked it up. <laughs> yeah, I better go get it. <laughs> it. It's just like a, it's a almost the kind of sinister looking face in one corner, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's All almost right, like yeah. a, a. Do you know what it reminds me of? Um, you ever see the film The Fisher King? Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So the the guy who Robin Williams befriends, who's slightly effeminate, he's uh, he lives on the uh, on the streets, oh. and uh, he he kicks himself in makeup. Yeah, yeah. That's who the guy reminds that, me of on the cover. Yeah, or, right. uh, Finkelstein is that the the actor? Yeah, it could, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but, um, uh, great choice. Glad you I'm glad you picked that one. Yeah, I, just, I love the way it, can, it goes from actually, I've said it's quite ambient and most of it is, it kind of ramps up a little bit towards the middle and then gets back to being nice and calm. And then a track near the end really gets back to their first album and their roots, if you like. Yeah. Uh, explode, yeah. And there's very, there are very little uh, lyrics on the album. Yeah, yeah, no, there's not a lot. There's a couple of full instrumental tracks, actually. Mm. Yeah. So, Darren, put, put me mm. right, but I think Maybe not so much this one, but certainly later on in their um, in their musical sort of discography, their career, they're quite a post rock band. Yeah, yeah. You know, so using using sort of so that's why it ends up being very instrumental, and I think that's maybe the first post rock album or band that we've had on here, which is good. Yeah, yeah um, you could be right because actually. I'm a- and I don't know why it's there, but we went to, just before COVID struck, We, uh, me and my friend spent a weekend in Berlin, and they've got a Mogwai bar on the outskirts of Berlin, which we had to go and track down. And you go in there, and it, we expected there to be Mogwai posters everywhere and playing the music and that sort of thing. It wasn't quite like that, but apparently the band do like to frequent there when they're in the area. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, but it's a lovely little bar. So if you're in Berlin, it's a... Uh, Lovely, cool little bar, so highly recommended. Now, I don't know the album, but there's quite a few interesting connections here, um, which might indicate, you know, why the the music is like that. Um, well, first of all, I know that Jim Kerr championed these. Yeah. From uh, Simple Minds, I know he, he championed them and um, at the time. And um, interestingly, the part of the album was produced at. Sava Studios, which is in Glasgow, uh, which is where Simple Minds did a lot of their recording, their yeah. early stuff. Uh, but I think the the thing that kind of um, gives them their, their their quirky sound is the producer uh, David Friedman, who appears as a producer on probably most, if not all, the Flaming Lips albums. Ah, no, okay. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Great but, choice. Uh, yeah. I've, again, the, the, I must have said that the cover speaks me. It looks a bit like you, Mark, with uh, uh, if you had bright white false teeth and uh, and lipstick on. 
Yeah. Well, give me give me twenty five years, maybe, and that'll be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I've got my teeth till then, at least. I thought you were going to say, "Give me twenty-five seconds." <laughs> no, well, I, I've, I've already started with a lipstick, so don't worry about that, mate. Yeah, this looks interesting. I'm going to probably have to buy this one. Yeah, I've just yeah. I've just looked it up. The guy on the front cover is the bass guitarist. Oh, is it? Yeah. What he looks like, the guy out of the Fisher King. If you've ever seen the um, yeah. that fantastic film with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. So, you won't regret you won't regret it if you purchase, Alan. No, no. Um, on, on which uh, which track would you choose? Oh, there's a question. Let's go. Let's go with Cody because I've got listeners may not have heard it. So yeah, we'll go with Cody. Cool. It's a beautiful song. It's a good man. Come on, then, Mark. Your turn. My turn. Okay, I am very predictable tonight. Um, my last two bands, I think, are yeah. Uh, one one has survived the test of time these guys i don't know they've kind of faded away um i believe their first album was i should coco they had a fantastic hit all right became quite anthemic this one is uh, an eponymous album it's also called the x-ray album because of a cover on it three guys uh from englandshire uh, Gaz Coombs is, is the one who is uh, best known in the band. The album is Supergrass. By Supergrass, uh, I remember buying this and loving it and playing it over and over and over again. Uh, the big hits off it were Moving, which was all about when they were touring relentlessly uh, to promote their albums and uh, you know trying to make a few bob and making the most of it. Pumping on your stereo was another one. When you, when you have this video of them with like overinflated, um, ana- well, it wasn't even animated, but caricatures in, in the video, which is quite f- funny. And Mary was another one. Um, my, my favorite tracks would have been on, on this album when I listened to it, Jesus Came From Outer Space and What Went Wrong In Your Head. But if I was to put anything on the playlist, I would put um, moving on it. So Supergrass is in as, as my number three. Um, nice. I was gonna put I was gonna put Sigur Ross, that, that great Scandinavian band, but I couldn't pronounce half the uh, the half the song, half the titles of the songs, and this was a late change. Uh, and I'm going to ask David kindly what he's putting the song uh, list together if he could put a bit of Sigur Ross in there as well I will do um, as long as we can call him Icelandic rather than Scandinavian yeah I was I was being sorry I beg your pardon Icelandic <laughs> just, I just offended the Icelandic people like, yeah, and the Scandinavians no, no, Scandinavians would love to claim them I'm sure we're heading there in November. I'm going to get noosed when I get through security, <laughs> through, through customs. Yeah, Sigur Ross, I was going to put, uh, now pronouncing this, I, I get this Bayerian. It'll do. That'll do. Very good. good. I'll introduce yeah. you to Arnar and he'll have a go at you when, when I introduce you to him. 
and he'd probably have a go at me. Yeah. Okay. Great. That was going to go in at number four, but as I said, I, I bought that album as well in the same year, and was bowled over by it. But uh, I I haven't touched it in years, whereas this one is still fresh in the mind. Um, That's why it goes in at number three. Great to have some Supergrass in here. Sort of feels like it rounds out the nineties very well. Well, yeah, a man from Northern Ireland can't have a super, can't can't go uh, four without a Supergrass. <laughs> Gaz is still going, isn't he, as well? See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he released an album last year, didn't he, Does I think so. I'm, I don't really keep up with him, to be honest. Couldn't um, miss it. It was all super, over the place. Supergrass were okay. You know, they were there. They had some catchy songs. I didn't mind them. But, I, yeah, I've lost track of what he's up to these days, though. But I keep seeing the name around. Yeah, nice right. one. Right. They had some catchy singles, didn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were a great band, but they just um, ebbed away commercially. Anyway, they ebbed away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought I should call Cohen uh, Supergrass, the eponymous album. They, they were great. They were great for a time. Caught by the fuzz. That's another great tune. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, cool. We're on the we're on the home run. On the home run. Okay, it's me to yeah. go with my fourth one. <laughs> Um, okay, so this band is classed as prog metal. Um, if ever there was an anachronism, it's when you call something prog metal. Because for prog band, they're normally pompous, uh, symphonic, technical music played by musos. Whereas with metal, you've got something which is thrashy, straightforward, down to earth and no, no nonsense kind of music. Um, put them together, you wouldn't imagine it would necessarily work. But... Dream Theatre are fantastic exponents of this and maybe the greatest in their genre. Um, I don't think we've had Dream Theatre on our podcast so far. Um, mm -hmm. You've got a band that's pulled together, which is made up of uh, three three of the guys, John Myung, John Petrucci and Mike Portnoy, were all at Juilliard together. Um, and obviously it had to be pretty pretty good musicians to, to go to Juilliard um, they were joined I forget which album second or third album by Jordan Rudess uh, as the keyboardist and he he's a match for any keyboardist in the sort of the prog prog world James Labrie the singer not my favorite not bad um, He's fine. I've seen Dream Theater a couple of times. Um, but you know what? The music is so fantastic across all of their albums that um, it doesn't really matter what the, the singer's like. Um, so but for this one, they pulled all the stops out. Um, it is the Metropolis 2 Scenes from a Memory. That short, mm. catchy tune. Uh, so, Alan, you had a volume one that didn't have a volume two. I think this is a volume two that doesn't have a volume one. So maybe we can marry them together. Um, the, so really, all of the stars aligned on this album when they pulled it together. It was, I think, their fifth album when it came out. Um, the, and, and it blew a lot of the uh, sort of news critics away and certainly a lot of the, the fan base as well. They weren't really expecting this to come along. Um, reviewed as a whole, it's really about a, a murder mystery. 
but the story is pretty convoluted. The, the the influences from the likes, but it's more about the um, the influences they draw from the likes of Rush UK, which I've mentioned before. ELP, you have a bit of Zappa in there. Um, you have some some Floyd touches. Um, Said so it's a little bit uneven, some of it, but the music is just worth listening to to, to hear it if you like your little bit of pomp around your music. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if this if I was to pick an album of my favourite for 1999, this is the one I would put in with it. Um, with these overtop performances, it's one really for me to enjoy, and I hope other people get to enjoy it as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much, David. I don't think we have had an album or track selected by them before. We we've discussed them because I won't go into detail. But I remember my, I mentioned my brother and I saw them once in Ronnie Scott's. Yes, Jazz you Club. did. Yeah, they yeah. did an acoustic set there. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know that album in particular. But I guess with Dream Theater, I I tend to pop on the track here and there rather yeah. than listen to an album. Yeah, they're, they're probably for that style of music. It's they're, they're probably an album band. You wouldn't normally yeah. dip in and out. You'd, you'd listen to the whole thing. But it is fairly yeah. dense, and, and what you're listening to is sort of the musicianship across the whole piece, um, yeah. as, as opposed to dipping into a sort of pop pop album where you you can listen to one or two and then nip out again. Um, uh, and got part of Claire's family who live in, in Vancouver, massive Dream Theatre fans, um, my my brother-in-law Keith and Luke my nephew and Laura my niece are all, all huge fans so um, need, need to call them out for that and yeah great band loved them cool. excellent and, and, the, and the fact that we went to Juilliard was it yes yeah three of them did yeah it says it all huge talents haven't okay. listened to them and uh, I'll probably be uh, accosted next time I'm in Vancouver, but I'll give them a listen. Okay. You're always you're always popping over. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been over on four occasions to Vancouver. I'm lucky enough to be yeah. Two more than me. Great city. Jeez. One of one of the one of the best one of the best airports on the planet, by the way. It's okay. got all the Heidi Gwaii stuff. I should tell yeah, you. Native American, a, First Nation, Native American um, sculptures and totem poles and what have you. In Stanley mm. Park. Um, I should just quickly throw in, I know we're over time, but just a quick one. When I first went over there with a friend of mine, we were 16. My dad flew over with us and, and dropped us there and we stopped with my friends, um, aunt and uncle in in Burnaby in, in, uh, in Vancouver. And they had a son mm -hmm. who took us um who took us on a flight he had a he had a pilot's license so Fantastic. but he flew us from vancouver international airport and so we're sitting in his little four-seater cessna sort of halfway up the runway and waiting to get clearance to to take off and suddenly so uh, and steve gets the the message that it's time for us to go and said but be quick because the jumbo jet about to take up take off so we nip onto the the runway and look over our shoulders and sure enough at the at the, the far end there's a, a jumbo waiting for us to take off but that was a great way to see vancouver from the air anyway oh yeah 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 i ended up my first night in vancouver i ended up at a gay karaoke 
on on Davy Street. Uh, we were staying in the Best Western on Davy Street, which is, if you know Vancouver, is the uh, uh, the Rainbow District. And I had an absolute hoot of a time. And uh, the only the only time I, I obviously was, I don't know whether I was jet lagged or pissed or both, but I finally realised two guys came on. One was in complete drag, who looked very attractive. I have to say, he would have passed as as a female. And um, they sang "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." <laughs> One was Elton John, the other was George Michael. And there was me giving them a round of applause. Oh. And I've, I've I've never been eyed up as, so much as I was that night. I thought <laughs> I'm in here. Yeah. Hard to be popular. Vancouver, cool. Vancouver is in my top three cities on the planet. Wow. Yeah. I love it. And I, and and the Canadian folk generally are just wonderful. The scenery there is outstanding. Yeah. Um I was I say stranded there for a week because of the volcano that nobody can pronounce. Um, yeah. So, in other words, I had an extra week's holiday. Wow! Uh, all on Virgin Records. Sorry, all on Virgin holidays. Nice. That uh, was great. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Loved okay. it. Um, right. So, Alan, over to you. And uh, a bonus point if you could pronounce that Icelandic volcano. It begins with an E, I think. It, it does. does indeed. Yeah. And maybe an F afterwards. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. I did get to go to record store day in Canada because of it. Hey. Every cloud. Every every volcanic cloud has <laughs> a silver lining. Not many people can say that. Um expect loads of people who live in Vancouver. Uh right, okay, this one is um yeah, I can, re I can remember buying this. And uh, it was a time, um, I think it was our price was closing down. Um, this in Milton Keynes and everything was getting, CDs were getting flogged. And uh, I just saw this one in the rack and I think it had a pound on it. And I, when I looked at it, first of all, the cover, I thought, is this, I thought, I wasn't sure if it was the original artist or not. I looked at the tracks and I thought, nope, that doesn't sound anything like him at all. And then I, I kind of looked at it a bit further. Um, and then bear, bear in mind, you know, the year where it is 1999 and I've been, you know, playing that song for years and years and years by this artist. And I picked this up and it said, The Vault. Prince the Vault, old friends for sale. Uh, and, I, and anyway, I thought it was a pound. I'll have a go, see what it's like. And uh, of course, it turned out to be one of these albums that Prince had kind of religious released. A lot of his stuff that he recorded in Paisley Park studios. Uh, and, you know, just put it out, not without really very little, you know, publicity uh, or promotion. I've missed it first time, um, but um, it's an absolutely fantastic album. It is, it's Prince playing another style. It, it, it's a, for me, it's a jazz album. It's what I would call jazz. Wow. Um, and it's just, some of the arrangements, 
on, on here are, are just unbelievable. Some of the playing, okay, you've got his band in there, you know, Sheila E's playing on here. Yeah. But I, I think they just, it was, no, you, we now know what Prince was like. He would just write songs for fun. He would record albums for fun. And in, I'm just put, you know, I'm put the stuff out there, but I don't think there's a bad Prince album. And this one is probably very not well known, but there's fantastic arrangements on there. And it probably still is, you know, without, I guess, without a few obvious choices. Um, it's up there for me in, in Prince album, in the Prince album, you know, repertoire. Um, the, 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 the track that really struck out for me is track three, uh, which is called She Spoke to Me. Now, she spoke, and of course, number two, everything is, when it comes to words, we know. Prince doesn't use, doesn't spell out the words. It's four is a letter, is a number four, two is a number two. And um, it's just a, a fantastic, I think it lasts about eight minutes. It's, it's just a fantastic jam in the end of, but it's really, 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 I think I might have even mentioned, mentioned this before, we've been talking about Prince, you know, on previous episodes or whatever, but yeah. It's just a great album, and I'm so glad I brought that with me because I've I've never, 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 never regretted it for a day, and it was just a great album. And I'm so pleased it's actually uh, been just been selected by the, his uh, estate for one of the next albums to come out on vinyl. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm sure they might have cleaned it up a little bit in terms of. <coughs> the mastering etc but i mean his albums were always, always exemplary produced anyway because he did it all and um yeah so uh, in actual fact this this material um that was actually written um between 1985 and 1994 and was originally intended for just private use um, but he eventually let it out, and uh, yeah, great, um, pretty nice cover as well. But I thought originally it might not have been. I don't know what I. Anyway, I've said enough. That's yeah. my. So I see that was the twenty-second of his forty-two studio albums. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable! That's just the studio albums. That's... That's prolific, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is that is something else. Yeah. Uh, what can you say about him? It's uh, anything he did. Anything he touched, uh, like Midas, you know, it was it was gold. Yeah, but Huge it, it's talent. It was it, it was as you say. It's not everything he touched. It's everything he did. Because everything he did, he never really um, co-wrote or co-produced. Uh, it was. It was tend to be him, and, and and he played a lot of the the the, uh, the, um, the instruments himself, didn't he? Instruments as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's, just, yeah, he's, a, he's a bit like yeah, Stevie Wonder. Like he played about twenty odd instruments or something like that. Yeah, there'll never be another one like him, I don't think. So that would no. be a multi a multi instrumentalist. Sorry, a multi. You know, uh, just, yeah. 
and and to be that successful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know about um, this album. Put it. I didn't know about this album. No clue about no, it. No, I've not heard it. No. Yeah. Definitely he's, uh, he's, he's famous for the song 1999, but uh, not for the album that he released in the same year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and he uh, just... Perhaps... Just I'll was, release this. <clears throat> perhaps it was actually deliberate because he, he made... I, th- I think 1999, was it off the Purple Rain album? Was it? I could be wrong. No, it was the album 1999. Mm. 1999, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so he, he, and then perhaps deliberately he released an album that was under the radar in 1999. Yeah. Such was the man. Yeah. Yeah. No, but if you buy this, you won't be disappointed. I think it's. You can, it's, it's still in print, um, um, but you know that there is a uh, a vinyl version on its way out shortly. Happy days. Nice. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. Nice one. Are we back to me? Is that all right? Back to your good self. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bomb through this, but first of all, I think we need a quick stewards inquiry. So, I just a minute ago, I just had to pop to the latrine. Sorry to our listeners, but. Um, Mark was talking about um, Supergrass when I left, and he was talking about Cigarettes when I got back. And I've got oh. that here. Am I right in thinking that that's the one that was going to be Mark's choice, David? Yes, I hope you can. Oh, it was, and he dropped it, and that was going to be yours. And that was my first nailed-on choice for tonight, which I let Brilliant. Mark have. I, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually delighted. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd love you to talk about it because well i'm not now. it's not no he, oh, he wasn't allowed to have it you used it <laughs> okay but that is culpa. a beautiful vinyl we please copy there oh mea culpa mea culpa oh, Sorry beautiful that, beautiful dark blue vinyl but we can't talk about that so that's good no, we, we did agree we'd stick a track on of it anyway oh yes brilliant. yes we can agree we can agree on uh, on the track yeah okay we'll do that in a minute so no, so my final choice, which would have also been a nailed on, it would have been Dr. Dre that would have gone by the bye for Cigarettes. Um, but this is the ninth studio album by this band. Um, it was a bit of a departure from their previous albums. Um, it was released to massive acclaim, though, hailed by critics as a departure from their guitar-heavy alternative sound into reasonably mellow. There are some rocky numbers but reasonably mellow uh it's by the flaming lips and it's the soft bulletin um which one of us had to put in here absolutely and i actually thought this would be gone but david said no you can have that one so that was good um it's got the opening track is race for the prize which i think for me yashimi battles for pink robots is my favorite flaming lips album but this one is many people's and I think Race for the Prize, the first track, has got that Yoshimi sound. You can certainly hear the way they were going to go and the way how they were going to follow up this album. A um, couple of other songs, like the Spider Bite song is beautiful. Um, and I think there's a song called Suddenly Everything Has Changed, which sounds very similar to Do You Realize that they'd go on to have a really big hit with off Yoshimi. Um, there's not much more to say about it. I mean, it's an absolutely stunning album. And it's actually, it's earned its reputation from some critics as the pet sounds of the 90s. So they've compared it to the Beach Boys' pet sounds. 
Uh, and it is beautiful. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. You're in for a treat. My final choice. Yeah, I got it, Daz. Yeah. I think I bought it in retrospect, though, on the back of You See Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, just, it's a good one, though. That's quirky. Uh, Race for the prize certainly stands out. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you if you like the flaming lips, you've got to you've got to have this one really. Yeah. Yeah. Quite agree. Um, so, um, Daz, I, I think when we when we announced nineteen ninety nine, I think I said this was might be one that I take, but I didn't actually pick it up straight away. Because uh, okay. I thought, because I actually looked at the year and I thought it might be a bit tricky for some, so I left it open for anyone who wanted to come in for it. Um, oh, thank you very much. You're right. There was a um, there was a change in sound, didn't there? A guitarist or the guy there was there was a band member who left um, before this album, which I think helped influence the change. And look what it did for them. It kind of really yeah. brought them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, Zyrica was the album before. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they—it was supposed to be played on four separate stereo systems. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's supposed to have a, 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 a placed around the the a big room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, when I saw this album in uh, that it was in nineteen eighty nine, I thought it was just a complete stick on for you, Darren. So not yeah. surprised at all. Yeah, and, uh, and I did like I said at the start, at the, the outset, I really. I did think there was a real dearth of quality albums in 1999. My shortlist normally is massive, but I struggled to get more than six or seven on my shortlist for this. And then three of those were gone. I thought, I'm going to really be in trouble. <laughs> just wait till <laughs> we pick... Go, that's what happens. Just wait till we yeah. pick a year in the noughties then. Yeah. Oh, oh we're buggered. Yeah. <laughs> be interesting to see, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, on annual leave that week. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think apart from I, I don't know bands that come to mind in the in the noughties, Coldplay perhaps. Um, I would struggle. Muse. I just uh, Muse, yeah. Franz Ferdinand, Fratellis, maybe. You love your Michael Bublé as well. Don't forget your Michael. Oh, Bublé. the Bublé, the Bublé has to be in there. Yeah, yeah, he has to be in there. One hundred percent, every time. He is great. Well, actually, I've seen him. him. I've seen yeah. I've Killers, seen Kaisers, there's loads. Killer, okay, yeah. Touche, yeah. Sorry, there's yeah, loads. I don't know if we Kaiser could do more than one. Maybe we'll just yeah. do it as a whole decade, shall we? Yeah, I think we should take the, the, the Nori's as just one show. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Right, who's up next? Who's who's left? What's Must me? be Mark Hollywood. Yeah, All yeah. right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've been too busy being the host for the most. Okay, this band has come up on a number of occasions, uh, mainly because I went to see them uh, on the 8th of December last year. Blew me away. Just enough education to perform. It's still my favourite album. However, this sneaks in at a very close second. I'd say Die Hard or, you know, the, the, the orthodox stereophonics fans would say this is their best album. It is, of course, a uh, performance in cocktails. It's, um, it's, I think it's like, um, it, it 
I read a review on Pitchfork saying that it was um, straightforward rock music. And uh, if you were to compare it to a drink, it would be a pint of Guinness. And I, I tend to agree with that. It's, it's kind of warts and all. What I love about it on the front cover is you've got a couple who are kissing and the girl is completely disinterested. And it's they're on their way to a football match, I believe. I think Kelly is uh, the lead singer is in the uh, the frame. I could be wrong, but the girl is uh, Lucy Joplin. Don't know if she's in the Jamas. And um, she was tracked down in North London and revealed her faraway stare, achieved by a heavy night out on the sauce. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> She claims also that uh, she was paid £75 cash in hand for the trouble, which she blew on underwear. Uh, and she went to a stereophonics event at the BBC, which her photo was everywhere. And she said they blanked her all night. And uh, anyway, it's, 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 it's an iconic cover. It's very like, well, for me anyway, when I saw the cover for the first time, it was like... Uh, you know that World War Two photo in Times Square. I think it's yeah. Times Square of the sailor kissing his oh, yeah. loved one, but it's the complete antithesis to that. It's a guy on his way to the football, probably half steaming. He's he's <laughs> uh, he's heading off. She's going with him, probably under duress, and uh, she could think of somewhere else to be. <laughs> Having said that. Uh, I think the album is just full of great tunes. Um, the Bartender and the Thief is my favourite. Uh, just looking, hurry up and wait. But that goes in as my number four. I'm, I'm basically making it short and sweet because I know we've completely overrun on time. Uh, but that goes in as, uh, as, as the final album for 1999. Um, the Bartender and the Thief would be my choice for our awesome. song list. Mark, I think you're playing to a home crowd here. There's lots of nods I can see around the uh, yeah. around the screen here. Yeah. Good album. Yeah, great Welsh band. Um, uh, may maybe not Guinness, maybe Brains or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Brains, yeah. But the, 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 the Pitchfork... Uh, synopsis of it was was quite it was actually quite brutal in parts and I thought were you listening to the same album because I I certainly don't think that however one of the things that I picked out from the guy who, who did critique the album he, he did say that it was like a pint of Guinness okay and that uh, you want to put your arms around a mate give him a hug when you listen to this album and I guess that's what, what we do when we have a pint of Guinness in our hands just make sure you don't spill it at the, at the risk and of, that concludes yeah. episode 48 three and a half just, days later <laughs> can I just say Mark it's not a football match was it not it's at a football pitch well it's Westway and, isn't it in London yeah, and Westway I think Yeah, it's where I, where I think it is it's somewhere near between <laughs> the, the Portobello Road and Ladbroke Grove 
Uh, I know that because I used to live very close to there. And I think <laughs> they've even played football on their five-a-side pitches. Uh, sort of in right under the the west way, which is the the you know, the, the route going out of London, um, you know, from um, from the West End. It's um, so is it think... near uh, Stamford Bridge or somewhere like that, or no? I, I, no. I think it's um, I think it's it's more like uh, say going over Labrock Grove, that that sort of area. So, right. Nothing here. Away. Notting Hill way. Fulham. Brentford. Yeah. Fulham. Brentford, Fulham. Too far over. I think it's further up than that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, you said if it's Ladbroke Grove, it's, it's more kind of that just slightly north yeah, of I, the centre. I know because, um, there used to be, uh, on a, because Portobello Road eventually does go under when you go up further, when you go, well, when you go far enough up Portobello Road, you you the part of the market, and where I remember buying uh, quite a lot of vinyl on a Saturday market up at Portobello Road. Oh, I thought you were going to say Cockham. And... No, you got the big. Um, we're nerds. We're not druggies. Road above you, and uh, I can remember seeing um, one time up there, Mark Ullman was looking oh, at yeah. record stores. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. So, yeah, that's my number four. Um, and as the host for the first time, I'd like to thank the Academy, my mum and my dad, uh, the producer, the director, uh, David Turner, who just puts up with this shit constantly and has to edit it when we just <laughs> merrily go along our way. <laughs> Not too much editing needed tonight, though, Mark. Thank you very much. Oh, good, good. Well, that's a good, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Listen, thanks to all who are listening, um, and for those who are listening, uh, I must apologise for Alan constantly showing us album covers. <laughs> he still has to realise after episode forty-eight that nobody can see a bloody thing, <laughs> despite the fact that we do love to see his collection. I'm just describing them. You are indeed. Trying to describe them because part of listening to music is appreciation of the album cover. Because otherwise, you may as well just have a record CD and a blank box, call it whatever it is. And if you did that, I think it would take away at least 50% of the appreciative value of listening to music that's his story and he's sticking to it <laughs> Let, let's end on that I shall we better to be honest yeah let's let's yeah. do that uh thanks very much guys it's been great and i'm off for the first time in about seven years for two weeks on holiday and i cannot bloody well wait enjoy well done. yeah thank you i'm off to the night of lewis I'll send you a postcard. See, yeah. see you in a no, while. No, I wouldn't bother. We don't want to see any pictures. <laughs> you heathens. Want to see any pictures? Sorry. Me and Paddy the pup. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's good night for me. Yeah, good night for me. Good night, guys. Good. Happy 1999. And it's good. And it's good night from him. Uh, yeah, yeah.